Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest has a very unusual career. He's not really human. He entertains thousands of NBA fans every night. No one can see him, yet everyone can see him, but not really see him. He may or may not be related to another animal in the NBA who may or may not have been one of the all-time greatest mascots for the past 31 years. We chat about growing up in that shadow and how that influenced his career path. Please help me in welcoming the Detroit Pistons super mascot, Hooper. Hey, man. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is exciting. You you grew up in the shadow of another oh, somewhat famous NBA mascot your whole life, <laughs> right? Deep in I mean, the shadows. Yes. Kind of, yeah, deep in the shadows. Um, <laughs> so I want to look back to to kind of get a backstory on why you're why you're now Hooper. Uh, that name yeah. right? it is Hooper, right? Yep. I got hard to as i was saying yep. like, wait a minute did i get that right <laughs> nah hooper the mighty mighty hooper um, so it's not like someone goes to college for you know fills out a resume hey i want to be a clown one day so let's go back to when well your your earliest memory is is your dad being a mascot yeah um NBA. it might might like honestly i think back like some of my first memories are um, I, I have a, this vague memory of, of my dad of sitting in the stands and Rocky coming by and I just couldn't help but call him dad. And so I have this memory of people looking at me just with the funniest look because I'm calling Rocky dad <laughs> and so are my brothers. And uh, we were just a bunch of kids in the crowd calling Rocky dad. And uh, we got some crazy looks like that. But and then also, you know, we had some going out on to the court, but we didn't really, we didn't really know any different. Um, it was just like, all right, we're going out onto the court. We're doing these things. And we just really didn't understand that like people were watching us and people were, looking at us and my dad was this was his job <laughs> did you have other friends or did you did you did you wonder if your if your friends dads did the same thing because that's all you uh, knew not really I, I honestly at the time I kind of just assumed that everybody kind of did just stuff like this and that was just a part of life it wasn't until uh, I and my my dad remembers this moment he brings it up sometimes but there was just like a moment where I was like I think it was one of the games where the Nuggets were playing the Lakers uh, the Lakers were in town and my dad took us up to the practice court and we walked into the gym and just we, we got to meet Kobe and Shaq because they were working out preparing for the game and um and then, like, on the way home from the game that night, I was like, man, this was uh, that's cool. Like, I 
I, my friends, you know, my friends haven't gotten to do that. And, uh, like this is this is pretty cool so how old were you when that happened uh, i was like 12 and so old uh, enough that you could grasp the magnitude of what was happening yeah i mean like it was that was really i mean that was when the lakers and you know kobe and and, and Shaq were really uh i can't remember where they were at in their career but i knew that at the time they were uh becoming big or they had already been some of the bigger names in in the league and had done had made some history there already so yeah were they okay now that the the whole for the you know the hollywood the superstar the sports star were they cool they were cool and they were they were super cool uh you know shack um uh back when in, in chicago um, we met, we, we just ran into Shaq in the hallway as, uh, we were preparing for the all-star game and my dad was able to pull him aside and, and they, you know, Shaq was just super personable and Kobe is too. He's, uh, Kobe is also one of those that will sit down and talk to you and listen to you and he'll, uh, the, the, I'm too cool for you, um, mentality like just wasn't there for for either of them i don't think um which is, is kind of cool to see it and, is uh, cool because sometimes you i mean <clears throat> i know that for several years i was i was your one of your dad's assistants at those games and watched a lot of a, a lot of smaller name or smaller level lower level athletes and stars just dismiss kids and all you know, all they would have to do was literally just put up your hand and high five a kid, and you'll make their freaking life. Yeah. And and to to know because it's you know when you get you come out and you're young, you're a player, and you get treated like a god, that can go to your head if you're not grounded. Yeah. And these guys clearly were. I mean, that's why they were you know the stars and the, the mega athletes that they were because they it was at their core. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's well, nice you, to hear that. Yeah. When before I got here in in Detroit, I was in Cleveland, and I spent a year. Uh, it was um, it was LeBron's last year in Cleveland, and I got to see kind of a little bit of behind the scenes with him, and it was definitely different with him. Uh, he does he does cool things, but and he's cool with some people, but I can't tell you how many times I saw him reject you know, uh, autographs and he definitely, um, was, was too cool for school. Um, they definitely a different mentality than those other, uh, stars had. And I have heard that I have, I have not heard many good things about him, but again, that's just what media feeds us. Yeah. Um, but just some of the things he's gotten involved with, with some of these political things and these cop issues i've been less than impressed with with him yeah yeah and kind of abusing the platform but and i i haven't experienced much different up close either um i I haven't been too up close because he uh most everybody was kind of cut out from any interaction with him um so there wasn't anything too up close 
like they almost like they create a bubble around the person. Oh yeah. Which I think adds to the to issue. And I get it. You know, the fan, the fanboy, the fangirl attitude when you see somebody that you've watched your whole life and all of a sudden they're standing in front of you to to not lose your mind is is tough. And I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. But uh, so looking back, at what point did you look at what your dad was doing and think, oh, I want to do that? Was it, uh, was it something that he talked <laughs> to you about and said you ought to or you should? Or did you just look at that and what he was doing and go, that's cool? Um, You know, I looked at it. I always looked at it as something that I could never do because I'm too shy. I'm not like... I don't have his personality. I'm not talented enough. Well, to be fair, your dad doesn't have, your dad doesn't have much of a personality. I mean, come on, let's be fair. (laughs) Right. In person. Uh, In person. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding, um, Ken, if you're listening. (laughs) He, um, yeah, he, I, I just, I never did. And then it wasn't until, heck, I, it took me a long time, but uh, after I graduated college or, or after I graduated high school, I started thinking about college and, um, I was like, man, I need it. I need a scholarship for college. Uh, and I don't know what to do. Like how, how do I get a scholarship? Uh, you know, sports was kind of, you know, scholarships for sports had kind of passed. Um, but he's like, man, you ought a mascot. You know, I, my dad had kind of told me like you gotta be their mascot like i i'm sure they would give you something for it and uh yeah so i approached that's when we found uh the school they've changed their name several times now but uh down it was at the time it was called dixie and saint george back in the non-politically correct days yes dixie college dixie college yeah (laughs) Back then, they weren't a university, but uh, yeah, now they, they've grown a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I approached them and asked if I could be their mascot. They were, uh, yeah, they they accepted and and gave me a small scholarship uh, to, to go there. So, so what was so your I'm, character there? Uh, he was a bull. Um, shoot what was his name he was uh he was called uh big d big d big he was a d. bull or a like a, like a, a bull? red bull yeah a like a, red bull nice a red bull <laughs> yeah kind of like benny except maybe a little uglier yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> and and so you didn't do any mascotting in high school uh nope i tried it one time and hated it I tried it one time, I think maybe my sophomore, junior year, and it was such a horrible experience being out in front of all of my peers. Uh, it was just, it was awful. And then, yeah, I gave the costume back to whoever was doing it at the time and never touched it again. <laughs> what was that What? Why do you think it was so horrible? Was it just such a surprise or you didn't know what to expect or what? I mean, I just like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I got into <laughs> the suit and I think the biggest thing that I couldn't get over was that I was in front of 
the girls that I liked, the all of my friends, just like my whole world seemed like it was sitting right in front of me and uh, <laughs> staring at you, but not knowing it was you, but you thought they could see you. Yeah. Yeah, yes. exactly. And yeah. it was, uh, it was rough. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. All right. So you go to Dixie and then how was that? Did you, were you, were you thinking, Oh, I got to be like my dad or did you just know up front? Like, no, I'm going to create my own style, my own character, me, because I'm not my dad. Um, I, at the time, so I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different than my dad, really. So it's, uh, people say this a lot, but I mean, I, at, at the time, I had gotten in costume after I had done things for, uh, I don't know, probably halfway through the season, I was a lot more comfortable and they said that I just looked exactly like my dad. And I did. I knew all of his moves, how he walked, how he um, interacted with people, how he performed in almost every way. And uh, it was just all, all I knew at the time. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of when I started to think, like, you know what, this I, I can actually do this. And... Uh, that's what I want to do. His character is infectious and I'm going to reveal some past and I don't know if you know this or not, but I met him at Utah state when he was big blue and I was a cheerleader and I started oh, okay. helping back in 91. So it's been 31 years that we've, Oh my goodness. And I started making props for him because I just, I looked at him like, that is so fun. I've never seen, I've seen mascots. Well, I saw people in suits. I'd never seen a mascot and there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And wow. so when he left Utah state, I tried out with 17 other people for his position and I didn't get it. But when I came to Denver, I, uh, he knew uh, the, the Colorado Foxes was their pro soccer team at the time. And so I ended up trying out for that or doing a game and getting hired to be their mascot. But I found myself mimicking a lot of your dad's moves because they worked. And so I, I did a little <laughs> bit of his stuff. In fact, at one point when I was doing that, he was in Australia doing an appearance and Fox, this was when Fox sports was a brand new network and they were doing a commercial in Hollywood and your dad was in Australia and he couldn't do it. So there was an extra suit so they flew me out to Hollywood and I was in this commercial as Rocky. Oh, wow. And it was because I knew enough about his character. I mean, I, I could mimic him as well because I watched that's what I watched for all these years and patterned my own. So, as goofy oh, wow. as he is, as much as I rib him, it's contagious because like his, his moves they work and, and watching him communicate with no words. You know, it's literally like watching a cartoon and, and you're like, wow, that is the coolest to be able to do that. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That was, that's some, that was some fun times. Oh, that's super cool. I, I didn't know that. That's right. Well, you know, wow. he doesn't share stories unless it's about him. <laughs> unless it's about him. <laughs> you know, I tried out for the Colorado Avalanche when they were came in and uh, basically won that whole thing, but they got political and didn't have a mascot the first year, but we oh, did some cool things. Right. And that was a lot of fun. I was... I was a little butt hurt that they just abandoned the whole 
project and didn't have a mascot the first year because I tried really hard. Yeah. And I how, think how old were you at I the think, time? I think your cousin, no, your dad's cousin got the job the next year. Oh, years. Reese. I was, yeah. gosh, I was, it was 90, when was that? 95, 96. So I was, I don't know, 25 or so. Okay. But I've gotten over wow. it, I think. I'm not bitter much since much. then. <laughs> but uh, <sighs> it's a fun, it's a, it's such an unusual gig being a cartoon and a clown and getting paid for it. You're going to act like you're six years old and society rewards you for it. Yeah. If you were to do the things you do in your suit, out of your suit, you'd be arrested. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> you know, you All right, so, <clears throat> so two years, how many years were you at Dixie doing that? Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, so I went there yeah, for one year and then left on a mission for two years and came back and did it for, I think, another year or so until the suit was stolen. <laughs> and then someone stole the suit. It's like stealing your soul. <laughs> I know. I know. So I, that's just kind of where it ended. So that right terminated there. your job because you didn't have your shell. Pretty much. I think I spent a total, uh, post mission i think i spent a total of maybe three or four years down there and yeah two or three years in that the suit was stolen and uh then it, it just kind of like i mean they still have a character and they worked on getting a new new suit and everything but it was just kind of it for me yeah when um, they kidnap the mascot it's tough yeah you know <laughs> Yeah, well, I, um, I started looking there. I mean, you know, we're in Southern Utah, and uh, I went to them like, "Hey, the the suit is stolen. Can we look on the videotapes?" Like, we're like, "Yeah, we don't have any cameras in or around the building." Like, what? We don't have cameras? <laughs> yeah, that seems odd. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, they installed some. Like, they've got expensive equipment down there that could go missing at any moment. So. They've got equipment now, so nobody, nobody go down nobody, there. Nobody's stealing their stuff. Okay, so that's done. So that careers that that phase is over. And your next team was the Cleveland Cavaliers. So how did that how did that come about? Um, that one was kind of crazy. I, uh, so like I said, um, it had been a, a year or two since I had been in. Um, the costume, at least for, for Dixie. Um, and I, I was working, uh, school was done and I kind of just woke up one day and was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta find a career. I gotta find a job. Um, so I, uh, I started working on contacting people, letting people know around that I'm interested um, and that's when an opportunity with the Globetrotters had, had opened up. Uh, so I reached out to their guy, his name is Zoli and, uh, and interviewed with them. I got the job. Um, actually 
before I did that, I, I interviewed with them. And then the, the position in Cleveland opened up. Um, it was not open to the public. They, uh, the character or the, the man who was there was retiring. So he uh, reached out to a handful of people. I want to say like maybe five or six people. He knew that I was interested. So he reached out to my dad and said, hey, come, come interview and try out here. Um, and I did. Uh, loved it and came home and didn't hear anything for about two months. Um, so I accepted the job with the Globetrotters. And then not too long after that, I want to say in October, um, they gave me a call and offered me the position. So, All right, then how, how long were you there? I was there Cavaliers? for uh, two seasons. Two seasons. So. And Moondog, right? That's the character? Moondog, yep. Moondog. Where'd that come from? Uh, Moondog. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Uh, that's really where rock and roll uh, and the term rock and roll kind of was born. Um, there was a guy, I can't remember his his real name, but they called him they called him Moondog. He was a, a talk show host and or a radio show host, and uh, they called his viewers the Moondoggers back in the day. So that's kind of where Moondog was born. Or the, the name Moondog. All right. So who uh, we were talking earlier about some of the uh, notable players in Cleveland at the time. Uh, you want to you wanna give us a little secret on that little secret? Yeah. The players there, that was kind of at a time where they dumped a ton of money into just bringing people in to win a championship. At the time, they had, they had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, uh, Derek Rose, uh, they had, was it Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas there? They just had, they, they really had a, a good crew, but then halfway through the season purged. Uh, I mean, Dwayne Wade went back to, um, went back to Miami for his last season or two after that. And then, uh, yeah, I think we got rid of Derek Rose not too long after and, Kind bunch of, of nobodies, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> was LeBron James there the whole time you were there, or did he leave midway through your tenure there? Or did you yeah, leave no, before him? So it, uh, we went through one season of the finals there, and after that, his final, his last finals run there, he was he was out and went to went to the Lakers. And, uh, that was crazy. You know, they, there is a lot of, uh, controversy around LeBron, but as far as his game goes, I gained a lot of respect for him that season. Uh, he, he really is an incredible player. He was, he, he literally, he carried the team on his back through that whole finals run. Um, just he, I think there was one game where he had outscored uh, every player on, on on both benches. Uh, I mean, he does that consistently, but to 
outscore his whole team combined. It was crazy to see. Yeah, from an athlete perspective, yeah, the guy is a, a you know a superhero for sure. Yeah, it, the controversy around him is because he speaks on you know political matters, which are not his. You know, a lot of yeah. Hollywood stars will do that too. And I think years ago, uh, Barbara Streisand, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's like an icon in the music world and acting. And apparently, she was at a she was had a, a show and she started spewing, you know, bash, you know, just talking politics, which is, you know, that's great. It's your opinion. It's your show. Do what you want. But someone in the audience yelled, "Shut up and sing." You know, I've come here to see you sing. I don't care yeah. about your politics. And that's the same with, I think, LeBron is they may not be so well informed and they spew their opinion because they have that massive platform and it's easy to, you know, know that you have all that influence over a huge, huge amount of people. And yeah. Sometimes people don't, I just want to go to the game and see phenomenal basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Or phenomenal mascots, like in your case. Yeah. I, well, I and you know yeah and you know what that's another part of the job that i try to uh influence here is that uh i as the character is concerned we try to stay away from uh you know political religious uh things like that and try to keep the the fun loving uh just pure entertainment aspect of things um especially now that we have social media and things like that you know we i try to relay that as much as i can um to them to you know as far as the character is concerned you know the team has their their views and and things like that but um you know i don't don't think it's the character that needs to you know you're there to make people laugh yeah and that's really the purpose and i think that should be the you know the focus so tell me what is so cool what is the coolest part about doing what you do and being a mascot and and seeing the world seeing all those people look at you and you're a superstar and you're famous and then you can take the suit off and be a nobody which is a cool thing about being a mascot is you don't have to deal with the crowds because you'd walk right through the same crowd that was mobbing you five minutes earlier and they don't, yeah. don't even know it's you. So tell me what, what is it? What's the magic about it for you? Um, it's uh, really just the, the people, the interaction with individuals. Um, the, I, that's why I really got into it. Um, you know, when I had that experience in college where I, uh, gotten in suit I that's that's when I realized I could do it um and then I I realized that I really wanted to do it because of the the things that you had the opportunity to be a part of um as far as charity work goes as far as uh you know visiting the children's hospital and things like that is really um what makes it worth it and really, really why I try to work so hard. It's interesting you say that. Like, again, I was, I was only doing it for, I think I did three seasons in Denver and some of the coolest experiences were going to the, 
is it the Denver Children's or the Colorado Children's? I don't know what they call it. Children's Hospital in Denver. Right. Where the biggest takeaway was that such on for such a little effort on my part brought so much joy to kids who are dying. Yeah. Really put things into perspective and and how I could just go in there and be a goofball and bring a joy to families or kids that have haven't seen it in a long time or or are you know not gonna make it. The things like that, that's the where you really connect with oh. you know, the, the the crowds and the people and and communicate silently, which is cool. You yeah. Know, literally you're a cartoon that doesn't talk. Yeah. You know, that's the cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean a lot of those kids sometimes don't can't talk or don't talk and um having the ability to kind of relate to that in <laughs> sort of a way. Um there are a few sign language uh terms that I've tried to pick up over the years to try to relate a little bit more to that. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting position to be in where you're crying behind the mask while trying to be goofy and funny, you know, seeing situations <laughs> like that. You right. right. Some of the, what's some of the like aha moments where you were like, Oh, wow. I did not expect that. Or this really sucks. Like tell me this parts that just suck about it. Cause I mean, it's, it's not all roses all the time. It's hard work, but tell me some of the things that are really challenging for you in terms of um, costumes or skits or crowds or fans or rules you have to follow. Oh man. Um, you know what? There's all, I don't know. It's not very pretty. Um, sometimes the, I, and it, and it really depends on where you're at. I think I've got a, a lot better situation right now. Uh, in, in some ways but um, a lot of it is just in the preparation um, you know my dad always told me uh, that the hardest part of the job is just educating people on your purpose um, educating your your your, your superiors team, your, your your staff the, the, yep. the, yeah the organization the, as organization. To the, the value yeah yep and helping them to see because I mean it, it's interesting from our point of view, like you, you, my job, there's not a whole lot of like turnover, I guess. I'm not, I'm not going to move up in the company. I'm not really going anywhere. So like my job in this company is my job. Um, and so there's always people around me that are moving. I think the boss that I have now is, is probably my fifth boss in six years <laughs> that I've had. Um, and so it's, it's, it's constantly been this, you know, Hey, when we go to appearances and we're working with our partnerships team or our sponsors, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's always representative from representatives from other departments that are new and, having to help them to understand that uh, that we know what we're doing, that, you know, just trust us, let us, let, let me, you know, here's, here's the vision. If you don't understand it right now, just let me show you. Um, and that's, that's honestly been the most challenging part is 
knowing knowing the 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 influence that could be there or the potential that could be there and uh not being able to do so is are they pretty receptive to that or do you get a lot of resistance just because they don't understand or maybe they're prideful and don't want to or what right now um right now i'm in a, a battle with my superiors um they both uh they they all actually come from uh new york teams who who don't have characters and yeah they've never really really worked with mascots before in fact my boss told me that her one uh her her experience in working with mascots has been super negative um (laughs) up and up until me uh which is not super encouraging. Negative but, how? Um, I think she was working with she she was working with in I think the the uh, G League or the WNBA where they had a character that or, or, or a person in suit that was not easy to work with, um, and they they were really unprofessional. Uh, I don't think they took their job serious, so. And that's the difference between a mascot and a person in a suit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is a huge difference. Yeah, there you is can get a difference. In, you can get a body and throw it in a suit, but that's just a body in a suit, and you can tell the difference. And I think most people can. They may not be able to like put words on it or identify it, but you can tell. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's that along with the educating, that's one of the things we battle is uh, my – my bosses want to book Hooper for multiple things uh, multiple times. And uh, they want to put him in several places at once. And I'm trying to tell them that's a, that's a bad idea. And, uh, yeah, that is, <clears throat> that is the worst idea. You cannot do that. But yeah, yeah. explain that. Cause they don't know. They're like, oh, I can just get anybody put it in there. Cause that's what they think. They think sometimes it's just a dude in a suit. Mm-hmm. Oh no, uh, my friend. Does oh, not. We had uh, an experience a year ago, uh, a year ago exactly, actually. Um, so they, I couldn't, they booked a last minute event uh, that I couldn't make. Um, I mean, they gave me days in advance and I was already out of town. Um, and they, uh, they decided to put somebody in suit no matter how many I tried to convince them not to. And he was, uh, he had to go to the hospital. He, he, uh, yeah, it, it was probably, it was 96 degrees out and he was out there for about an, about an hour. And he, yeah, he needed some serious help. He was bedridden for about two days after that. Um, yeah. Cause he's suffocating. Yeah. And, and he had never done it before. Uh, they had to delete all of like the footage of him at the event. So we didn't post anything with Hooper at the event. And uh, it was, that was a really hard one to swallow because not only was my buddy that I work with, um, man, he was suffering, but uh, also it was a poor decision. So he, somebody, so somebody you knew, like, it was like one of your assistants or something. Yeah. Yeah. One of my assistants, they, uh, decided to put him in and I tried to find other performers, 
Um, but I couldn't find anyone that was available. So I put him in and it was a really unfortunate situation. So I bet he's a good advocate for you now. In yeah. That that's a bad idea. And here's why. Yep. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's learned a lot. Um, of course he, he was on board with me at the time. He didn't want to, he, he didn't want to get in suit, but he was willing to. And, um, yeah, it just, putting I someone in a suit. That's like, that's like, that's like violating your person. <laughs> you know, it kind it of is. feels like it, it. It is. And I know that time I played your dad in that TV commercial, I felt like an imposter and I, it was a, it was a situation where we, it was like in a conference room. That was the setting. So I wasn't walking around. I was just sitting and I still felt, I mean, I knew I could pull it off, but I'm like, man, the world's going to know I'm a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, you know, it's, yeah. While, you, while you're talking on that, that just made me think of when I came from Cleveland to Detroit. It was a super interesting situation to me because, I mean, I had gone to Cleveland. I had had a little bit of professional experience there. And then I came to Detroit and I had already, man, I, I grew up with Hooper um, just being around. And I knew that he had a great influence here. So stepping into the suit. Um, I really took it serious that Hooper already has developed uh, relationships with people in the crowd and people at work, um, you know, and now that I've been here a little bit, I just, people every game, you know, I've got secret handshakes with uh, just fans um, that that come every game and, you know, and those are the those are the types of relationships that I worry about, um, you know, when when somebody else is in suit is, you know, I don't want them to pass those kids up on, you know, because they have that relationship. So if, you know, it's like your friend, if your friend just <laughs> walks right by you without noticing you one day, um, you're going to think that they're mad at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's an interesting, did, um, did the guy that was playing Hooper, did he work with you or kind of transition you into the position and, um, and what, was he just done? Did he just retire, just got tired of it? Or what was the story on his part? Him, he was there for maybe four, uh, four years, I want to say. Um, and he, he just got to the point where the company and him were kind of just growing apart. Uh, the company kind of needed Hooper to be Hooper. Hooper is an athletic character. Hooper uh, is a high energy character. Um, and the performer was really the opposite. Uh, not to throw him under the bus or anything, but he kind of let himself go. So he uh he needed some time to go and start. He turned into he turned into a fat old man. So you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad. You know, he's a he's a great guy, and um, I uh, I I'm still in contact with him. Um, so we uh we talk, and he he still reaches out. Um, 
and, and I've reached out to him too and asked him questions about certain things with the character, but uh, I wouldn't say there's a you know transition there. It's it's kind of funny because the company that was here when I started uh, had been there longer than he had, so a lot of the knowledge of the history of Hooper um, was there from those people. And uh, so I got a lot of that from, from them, a lot of help from them on that, that aspect. Why did you pick Detroit? What, did you, um, I mean, do you, is it just that, was it the offer or do you, do you really do, you do, do you do a lot of like investigation on the, the character and his influence in the community and things like that? How do you, how do you, how'd you make that decision? Yeah, I definitely, I did. I did so much research on just the character. Um, there's so much you need to know about it that the company may not necessarily like tell you about or even know to tell you about um, that really affects like your the way you work every day. So knowing how many appearances he does, knowing uh, does he have a vehicle or not, um, that really affects how you perform. Uh, you know, a little bit of research on the suit and how it's made. And um, I, I definitely did. I, and I had already knew, I already knew a little bit about his suit, but, you know, how am I going to have to work in this suit? And is it something that I could actually, you know, pull off? Is it going to be kind of uh you know uh, an uncomfortable situation where i couldn't do it i don't know so you got to figure out if you need to customize it to make because that's your world you're in that world and if it's if it's not right it's like walking around with a pebble in your shoe yeah it really yeah that's it a great way to put you it can't, you can't really put all all you got into it when you're uncomfortable or worried about certain things all the time i know oh, that yeah when I tried out for the Colorado Foxes, I bit, it wasn't really a tryout. I just did a game. And the suit they had was 100 years old. And it was a paper mache head. Oh, no. This goofy looking fox. And I swear the thing had been run over by a car. It was, it looked deformed. No. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I got all, it's all I got. Just work with it. And then I think the next year they, they made a new one and okay. you know, revealed a new character. And, but, oh my gosh, it was nappy. It looked like Sly the Fox had been on meth for quite a while. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. I remember Sly the Fox. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh my gosh. But yeah, the suit. The suit is so critical, and that it works. And and I always tell people, you know, I look at uh, Jazz Bear for one. His eyes are the character's eyes. So in terms of visual. It's brilliant. It's a little creepy when you're looking at him and he looks right at you. Yeah. Uh, but he can see everything and he can do everything. And I know that inside of your head, inside of your dad, inside of Rocky's head and my head, I always tell people, I'm like, take two toilet paper rolls, you know, the core, stick them up yep. to your eyes and look through those. And that's what, that's what it's like. You, yep. you have no peripheral vision <laughs> and just getting your brain used to that kind of stuff and and doing all the gymnastics that you and your dad do are 
that's a whole nother level. I never did gymnastics. I relied on my character because I didn't have the athletic ability and wasn't really willing to put in the time to get to that. But, you uh, know, it's a, it's incredible. Like we think about this every once in a while, it's incredible that somebody hasn't died yet. Um, knock on wood, but just the amount of things that people have put themselves through and their bodies through, it's incredible. Um, I was interviewing a jazz bear last year and that poor guy has got so many physical problems now and he's, he's a year younger than me and he's, he's hammered. Oh my gosh. He's still got a great personality, but his body is just, because he he mm. risked and he pushed the envelope so much that he broke it a couple times he did <laughs> the last time i saw him he uh he had surgery on both of his ankles and uh the next day walked his daughter down the aisle at her wedding yeah because <laughs> he's a stellar human and he pushed through but yeah he is he he's incredible but yeah, it's a definite, it's, it's a different breed of human that does this. And it, it's a, there's a brotherhood. It's almost like, you know, the cops have a brotherhood. Well, mascots do too, you know, the good ones. Yeah. Cause you're, you, you're almost like your own little private union that, you know, communicates with the world in a different way. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been with the Pistons? Uh, this will be my fourth season going fourth into my season. fourth seasons. Yeah. So you're. Six, seven, eight years. No, you've been doing mascot um, for how long? How many years total? Uh, five years total. So going on six, including college, though. So you're oh, more. in college. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to say eight, maybe. And how eight old are you nine. now? I'm. Uh, I just turned thirty. Oh my goodness, you're <laughs> an old man now. I can't believe it. It it's sounds weird. old. Well, yeah, because when I. When I met your dad, you you didn't exist yet. I think you were, I think your mom was mm-hmm. might have been pregnant with you. No, you know, because you were born. Were you born in Denver? I was born in '92. So, so yeah, yeah. So the year after yeah, they moved to Denver. Denver. Yeah. Holy cow! It's <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I can't like, believe it. I got two kids now. Look at you, man. Yeah. And how old is your oldest? Uh, he's two. He just okay. turned two. He probably just doesn't have a clue yet, really. What you Not do. really. Oh yeah, my gosh, just... he loves Hooper though. Yeah, he doesn't really have yeah. a, a clue, but he uh, he loves Hooper. I think he prefers Hooper over me, probably. But <laughs> well, I'm sure there are times when you preferred Rocky over your cranky dad. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, how yeah. long are 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 your is your plan to stay there or or kind of just build that character? <laughs> anyway, was I was asking you, uh, yeah, like you're, you're, how long you're gonna, how long are you planning on uh, staying with the Pistons? Um, I I don't know, I really don't. Um, I love, I love Detroit. I love the character. I love that the city loves the character. Um, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could be here, could be here a while, or. You know, who knows? They might get rid of me. I don't know. <laughs> you seem pretty easy to work with. I hope so. I try to be. Um, but 
yeah, no, I, I love it here. I really do. I don't know how long we'll be here. You know, I don't even know. I don't know if I can't predict that I'll, I'll be a 31-year employee like my dad was, but. Yeah, that's crazy. 31 years. I can't. Yeah. That's really hard to fathom, especially at five years. <laughs> I remember going to his first game at McNichols Arena. That doesn't exist oh, anymore. Well, that 91. Man. That was just the coolest, you know, and he just, you knew he had the magic for it, you know, then. And just the, uh, I know I just trying to keep up with him when I was living in Denver and trying to kind of be his part-time assistant. And I loved coming up with, like we'd go into a hardware store and just look around on the shelves and you, you think you look, see all these parts and things like, Oh, that could be this. And that could be that. And, and we made some cool, cool, crazy props and <laughs> skits and, and things out of styrofoam. And that was the funnest you know, making yeah. toys, you know, to use in a prop and a skit. And I still got pictures of some of the, the sleds we made. Oh my gosh. You know, just you the fun. Imagine. Yeah. It, it just, and, and then it's, you know, feeding off of the, the, you know, current affairs or current situations in the world to, to play off of. And, you know, do you, do you, do you find that they give you a lot of freedom or all the things you can and can't do or, or do you are you allowed to explore? I I don't know. I explore as much as I can. I am kind of designated an area that I can work within. But um, you know, they are accepting of you know thing, ideas that they think are good. And uh, I, I'm not. I don't know if I could say that I have a whole lot of freedom. But um, I do know that I, I have enough uh, to, to do some things. But, um, yeah, no, I, I remember those days. That back then, you know, I don't know if, yeah, it, without the people um, in the business and the league supporting these characters and allowing them to do a lot of these things that they did, uh, you know, I don't know if mascots could have, you know, would have survived if they hadn't let that creativity uh, show. Well, they see the value. They see the entertainment value and the the branding and the connection to the community. If if they have any sense, they'll see that. Yeah, and of course, you know, it has to work on paper too in terms of budgets. But you know. yeah. It was, so that, it, yeah, a lot of, a lot of creativity came out of those days. And I feel like some, some, some characters are being uh, held on a tighter leash. But Do you think that's more of the personality of the person doing the um, character or just the, the fear of lawsuits, which are in a you know crazy world that we're in? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it mostly has to do with probably with that. Uh, a lot to do with offending people. Um, you know, I'm not allowed to flirt with a girl. Um, not allowed, you know, heck, I'm sometimes not allowed to refer to 
Cooper as a he. They they kind of don't. I don't know. It's a it's a crazy Hooper, world. Hooper's pronouns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're. Uh, I mean, it, it, the conversation hasn't come up in a in a while, but like Hooper, you know. what's Hooper's gender? Yep, because <laughs> it's important. You know, I guess it kind of is, but. Yeah, yeah, because that's that is interesting. All the mascots are male, just by yeah. assumption. You I never, mean, you never even thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I we created, I, I helped create a character for our G League, and um, I used the Washington Wizards. We've seen G Wiz. Um, yeah. you know that thing really doesn't have a pronoun. That thing is, I don't know what that thing is. It's a great character. Um, but you couldn't really see if it would, you, know, you, you really wouldn't define it as a boy or well, girl. That's, but. that's an interesting angle to go on. Cause that's the world we're in. Yeah. And there, that would be actually cool if there was a, a lady mascot that was actually yeah. a female character. Yeah. That would be interesting. And maybe, yeah, that could, maybe that could be fun. Maybe you could explore that. Yeah, I know the WNBA kind of ha- has a lot more. They have oh, female, do they? yeah, female so, mascots. Yeah, so it, oh. the WNBA has a lot more female mascots, and I don't know, I I don't know how many teams actually have mascots, but I think they tend to have. I've seen a lot more female mascots. That would be funny. You said you're not allowed to flirt with lady fans, but maybe you could flirt with a lady mascot and yeah, have this little <laughs> this little budding romance going between. That would be kind of funny. I don't know yeah. how to do it, but that just thought that thought just came to me. <laughs> I know because like, I'm not pulling it off. I'm just thinking about it. Oh, that'd be that'd be interesting. All right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When we were creating this character for the G League, they, uh, you know, they really wanted to make sure that he was gender neutral, that he was this, that he was, you know, that his pronouns were non-binary. Um, but the whole time we're having this meeting, the kid referring to him as a he, and it looks like a boy, a guy, you know, he's even got male features and things like that. Like just, I mean, if you want to do that, let's do that. But maybe look for a a character that kind of fits more naturally with. Well, like Bernie with the Miami heat. Bernie Bernie was pretty, you could have never other than his name. It's a thing. It's yeah, a it's... thing. Yeah. Or, or, or the San Diego, a chicken, an animal, I guess. Yeah. Why is Rocky a dude? Why is Hooper yeah. a dude? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Crazy world, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy road to go down for sure. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Well, man, um, in, in wrapping this up, is there anything that you want to share about, what you do and and the things you see and how that's influenced and affected your life and watching your dad do it for years that maybe I haven't asked you. Um, shoot. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, the, uh, the only thing that comes to mind is just back to the, you know, fact of why we, why we do this, keeping in mind that, you know, people are, people are always watching whether you're a mascot or not. People are always watching you're an influence to somebody out there right now it's kind of 
taking some of those things that I've learned that, you know, there's somebody, there's always somebody watching. And now I've really got people in the house that are watching even what happens behind closed doors. And, um, you your know, kids. your, yep. Your kid, my kids, if that wasn't yep. clear. Yeah. yeah your uh, kids and your wife and, yep. you know, yep. making sure you don't get a big head as a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Little, uh, little acts of kindness, uh, go a long way. And often when you don't expect it to. What would you say to a young high school kid, college kid that perhaps wanted to try this? What would you say to them? Um, keep working hard, keep working hard. Uh, and also reach out, uh, there's a lot of characters in the league that will definitely respond to a social media uh, comment or or a DM. Reach out for help and advice, and um, that people are more than willing to to give a, a, any advice that they can, or if they can be of any help at all. Very cool. People don't know that. Now, you know the well, they, characters it, they, not up. They probably think, oh, it's like reaching out to someone who's got 50,000 followers or something. You, you know you're never going to get a response back, but, but it's worth trying. But yeah, you're a superstar. Yeah. So like, why would they talk to me? Kind of yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I definitely check it. I, you know, I don't know if any other, other characters do, but I, I check check those messages and I, I read them. So. Awesome, Garrett. Man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this. It's been fun. Um, it's been fun watching your dad and the growth he's had over the years and, and now to see you and, and your, can I mention the other secret or no? Yeah. With yeah. your brother, your brother. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Doing kind of filling in footsteps as well, mm-hmm. which is wild. And is, is Cade going to figure out where to go to, or is he just like bag that crap? I don't want to be on that side of the mask. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know, he, he wants to stick to, videos and editing and things like that oh your dad shines because of him he really does i think i mean that's why he got mask out of the year a couple of years back is because Cade was able to portray you know what he did so oh yeah no he's he's yeah your dad would you be know. dead without him yeah <laughs> you know, so. by the way this is a great time to talk about rocky because uh rocky's going on viral right now Oh, is he? What had, uh, no, I haven't. What uh, What's going on with Rocky? Rocky is um, <laughs> it's, it's something a long good story. or something dumb. <laughs> you never know, right? It's yeah. always something. But uh, no, <laughs> there's a thing. Bleacher Report uh, first posted it, that they posted Rocky's salary. Posted Rocky's Rocky's apparently making six hundred and. Fifty thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're. That was the case. Drake probably is Drake still living at home. Uh nope. Uh, oh, he's he's out. He's, he's in out an apartment. Now. Okay, good. But... Good. That's good to say. <laughs> if he's making six hundred fifty grand a year, he wouldn't be in an apartment. I know. You know what? I don't know where people. I don't even know where that started. But an article came out a while back. For some reason, posted that, and the numbers stayed the same ever since. And now Bleach Report uh, posted it, and it's just getting—it's going viral right now. And 
You can have so much fun with this. I'm sure he's already thinking through how to make this into <laughs> skits and social media things. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, of course, it's uh, no idea where they got any of that information from. But you know what he should do? And, Drake, if you're listening, is maybe do a skit where you come out and you have this big old wallet. Yeah, huge wallet and you you just you have it like stuffed in your pocket and you just bills just running everywhere and you just yeah you know, something that, that would be really funny to play off that he's just got bills stuffed and every stuffed everywhere and he's got a gold <laughs> chain and all this stuff that would be funny yeah well i will check that out i will i did not know that but uh funny enough i don't follow sports hardly at all which is weird that you i know did what? what i did I I barely do myself. <laughs> I look at it and follow the things I do because of you and people I know that are in that industry. But outside of that, I don't on my own. I'm missing the gene that causes guys to watch sports and eat up every statistic out there. I not not in me. I'm missing that. But you know what? I yeah, I'm the same way. I if it wasn't part of my job, then heck, my wife sometimes knows more than I do. Yeah. About Which is some a, things, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, and generally speaking, your wife does probably know more than you do. So just embrace that and tell her she's it's, right. Yep. Yep. She is right. Yep. <laughs> she, so. she All right, does. man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate you coming on, Sharon. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's good to see you again. All right, man. You too. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. Thank you again for listening to the show. I really appreciate the time you spend to hear the words and hear our guests. If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to parishpodcast at gmail.com. That's parishpodcast at gmail.com. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish to Thought Show.